0: Welcome to the latest episode of The Jax Current, a podcast developed by Jax USA, Northeast Florida's economic development organization. I'm Tina Worth, and I thank you for listening in. In this podcast, we talk with local leaders about what makes our community so special and share notable job announcements and corporate support in the region. Today is a very special day for me as I get to talk with a Northeast Florida community titan, John Delaney. Originally, an attorney by trade, he served as Chief Assistant State Attorney, then General Counsel for the City of Jacksonville. He became Jacksonville's mayor from nineteen ninety five to two thousand and three, leading the city through some significant infrastructure improvements. Mayor Delaney then became President Delaney of the University of North Florida, an institution that has seen tremendous growth in size and strength under his leadership. He has served for its president for 15 years and last year announced his plans to step down from the post in May of this year. He has been involved in too many civic and nonprofit boards to list, but Jacks usa is particularly grateful for his service both on our board and as past chamber chair. John, thank you for being here. Oh,
1: glad to be with you. I don't know about the word Titan, but uh, <laughs> I do appreciate the friendship and, and you've been a good friend down the years and, and really all the good that the chamber does for the community and helping to bring jobs and, and find better jobs for the people that are already here.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. And maybe the use of the word Titan in college land—you have to be careful about mascots and things like that. So we got to rethink that. Well, so listen, let's start with UNF. Um, so much has changed there under your leadership. Tell us about a few of the accomplishments of which you are personally most proud.
1: You know, any given day, I'd probably come up with a different one. Uh, the Physical plan is a big part. The campus is almost fifty percent brand new—a uh, couple million square feet that we've been able to build—and. Um, um, the academic reputation's way up. The admission standards are way up um, for the coming fall. I think we're looking at a entering a high school grade point average for our freshmen of about a four point two, which means above a straight A, amazing. and uh, an SAT I think twelve seventy to twelve eighty, which is puts us really pretty close to Florida and Florida State's admission standards. So we're very proud of that. Uh, the one I think that kind of plucks the heartstring a little bit is that we're really good with students with disabilities, and um, we've made a major emphasis on that. Um, When I got to the campus, we had about 150 kids that were certified or registered um, with some kind of a disability. It could be blind, deaf. We've got more deaf kids than any other school. Actually, all the other schools in the state combined. Uh, Kids in wheelchairs, puffer wheelchairs, these kinds of things. And we're now up to about 1,000. We've got kids from almost every state in the union that come here because of the support system. And... uh, They now, as of last year, graduated at nearly the identical rate of of a student that that does not have have to carry a disability and almost an identical grade point average, which is phenomenal because they're having to overcome some serious burdens to do that.
0: That's really quite impressive. That's really quite impressive. I mean, the uh, K-12 locally has made a gain in that area, but they can't claim equality.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's a little bit of a winnowing that they have to have college capacity to be able to to, to get into UNF, but... uh, but it's 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 that one you feel good about, uh, you know. If you circle the campus once or twice, you're going to see at least one kid in a puffer wheelchair, you know, the, the kind that. In fact, when I left, somebody was writing with a stylus in their mouth and sitting in a wheelchair on a mounted iPad in the in in the engineering building. And so it's a uh, that's good stuff. But it's it's a uh, you know we 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 have the highest job placement rate of a university for for people employed in Florida and ahead of all the other universities. And um, and a lot of those stay locally. Um, as many as 60% of our students don't even come from the region um, uh, of our freshmen. But expect 75% stay in town. They, they get an internship with a local business, and, and uh, the chamber has been helpful in that. And then internships are a great way to for the employer to kind of do a test run you know, on a student and for the student to say, hey, do I really like this business? Do I like this company? So nearly all our interns do end up staying with that company when they graduate.
0: All right. That's um, very good. You know, I used to be a, a guide on campus, a, a presidential envoy many years ago. I don't recognize the campus now. <laughs> it's grown so much in just such a short period of time. Yeah,
1: Adam Herbert, who who was the, the uh, president in the 90s, um, I took him to, to lunch at the New Student Union. That's oh, probably five or six years ago, and he stopped. We walked straight from my office out the back door, and he stopped He said, wait a minute, where am I? And it's <laughs> around that pond where the boathouse was. He got disoriented, and uh, and he had really done the bulk of the building himself when he was president. But, yeah. Uh,
0: You've had the unique perspective of having been both Jacksonville's mayor and then the president of the city's major university. What particular insight has that provided you?
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I I don't think it's an insight necessarily, that it just sort of reaffirms um the perspective of how wonderful this community is to, to live in and to raise a family. in, and, and I often say it has the advantages of a small city without the disadvantages that small cities have, the limitations. And uh, concurrently, it has the advantages of, of a big city without some of the downsides that come with a big city. And it's a it's really an easy town to get around in. You know, no town is easy at five o'clock or at uh, 730 or 745 in the morning. Even Waldo has or Stark have problems at those times. But um, um, The the higher ed opportunities are terrific in this town. You've got four very different universities and colleges with Edward Waters College, Jacksonville University, and FSCJ. And we all work very, very well together. Not every town has those kinds of variables, you know, within the city. And uh, our students remind me that um, UNF is the closest university to a beach on the East Coast, which is a great recruiting advantage.
0: That sounds like something a student would would, would focus on. Um, So... A slight shift, and this is uh, this is something I found perspective, uh, uh, particularly interesting when I first moved here and you were mayor at the time. Um, I've since learned that you were the first Republican elected in the city since 1888, um, defeating the incumbent. In your second term, um, Jacksonville citizens voted on a package of community infrastructure improvements via a half-cent sales tax um, loan loan. No- uh, known locally as the Better Jacksonville Plan. So basically, like, you took on the status quo a couple of in a couple of unique ways in very different situations, and you won both. Um, what did you take away from those experiences?
1: Well, just a slight correction. I actually ran against not the incumbent. That was Ed Austin, who was a dear friend of mine, but two former mayors, um, Mayor Gottbold and Mayor Azuri, and we've all become friends since, which, uh, if I remember back to that campaign, it's kind of hard to believe that we'd become friends afterwards. But... Um, <laughs> Um, And then, um, and actually, I'm the only mayor that hasn't had a a re-election campaign, um, which is still a bit of a jolt. A historian told me that. It's because basically every four years, Jacksonville has a mayor's race, you know, whether we like the incumbent or not. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the the referendum was a unique one. Uh, We had, at the end, by the time I left, we'd cut the property tax rate by 10%. And we did that with... A lot of shrinking of the workforce but there's different ways to count it but we cut it by between a quarter and a third and with no layoffs did it through attrition efficiencies some privatization and so the message to the city the city felt good the Jaguars were winning in 99 they were back in the AFC championship and the town felt good about itself uh, but we put together these infrastructure investments transportation the environment and then downtown the library and the arena are two examples of four of the four projects we had downtown baseball park mm-hmm. and I said you know, Jacksonville, it's great, and it's going to be even better next year, but wouldn't we have a better Jacksonville if we had this kind of investment in the infrastructure? And, and it won by a landslide. Um, kind of the definition of a landslide is 55% or more, and I think we had 58 or 59%, which is amazing because it did include a tax increase, but people like those projects. And I often described it that the citizens decided to invest in themselves, and a lot of places don't do that.
0: No, no, that's not mm-hmm. necessarily an easy sell, but it is interesting because in – uh, a lot of our promotional materials when we are trying to reach out to people outside, outside the market, the signature infrastructure components of that Better Jacksonville plan feature prominently in how we sell the region. Oh,
1: that's nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. Surprise people remember. That's nice to hear, too. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so particularly for our listeners out of market, and you've touched on some of it in terms of, you know, it's small without being too big and big without being too small, but um, kind of what makes Jacksonville and really the Northeast Florida region as a whole um, a, a really special place to live, work, and play. So what are sort of... You, you've been on plenty of our economic development deals. Um, what represents the best selling points of the market, um, given your background?
1: Well, there's a lot. I mean, I, it's it's a friendly and welcoming community. And, and really, 40 years ago, it wasn't. It was it was uh, like a lot of southern cities. It was kind of closed in. Um, it, you know, it's got a very temperate weather. Uh, and if you've lived up north, I grew up up north, um, snow is optional, um, the city passed a human rights ordinance, um, of which I was proud to be a part of, um, to protect, um, our gay citizens' rights. Uh, it voted a tax increase on itself, um, even though tax rates here are very, very low, uh, compared to the rest of the country. And, um, the environment's nice. If you like to boat, fish, golf, surf, kayak, um, there's really not a better place to do it. I heard a movie director that was in town to film a movie, um, we get those every now and then. They said Jacksonville has everything except mountains. We can get, we can get, you know, a horse farm. We can get a um, a ranch house. We can get a beach house. We can get Spanish architecture. You know, we can get really, we can get a jungle. We can get uh, kind of a um, arid field, and and it's really true. We've got all that. You know, you can live on a creek, a lake, a river, um, and uh, and 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 that's pretty unique. Um, I had, when I was mayor, um, I was up with the Chamber of Commerce. Jerry was on this trip, and we went to visit the major employers that are headquartered in the Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York corridor. Huh. we had three in a row that told me the exact same thing. And we said, you know, we're just coming. Do you have any problems in Jacksonville? We appreciate your presence. And they said, oh, we've got a big problem with Jacksonville. And my heart sunk. And I, oh, God, what? And they said, well, we want to send our managers there. They don't want to go. And once they're there, they don't want to come back. And <laughs> and it was really true. There was a series of CEOs that had actually, instead of, uh, or senior senior officers, that instead of moving back to the headquarters, said, I'm going to retire and find another job down here. And uh, uh, Merrill Lynch, I mean, we could go down the list. And uh, that, that probably says a lot. When you get here, you realize it's just a nice place to live.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have hinted that you might not be done with public service when you step down in May. What's next for you?
1: Well, in politics, they say never say never. Um, I'm close to saying never, but (laughs) you just never know what's going to pop up and how you feel and those kinds of things. And my old boss and mentor, Ed Austin, who was mayor and a longtime state attorney, used to say, if you're thinking of your next job, you're not doing the one you're in. Mm -hmm. And the best politics is to do a good job. And you'd get where you'd go, I don't want to make this person mad because I may want their vote or their money. And you stop doing the one you're in. So uh, I've never really looked too far ahead. In fact, I've never really looked far ahead, and uh, I still don't know exactly what I'm going to do in four months when I step down from the presidency at UNF, but uh, God's always opened a good door, and they've all they've always worked out well, and so I'm hoping he'll give me a fourth shot at that.
0: All right. Terrific. Thank you very much. Um, so it's funny. You talked about jobs and not knowing your next job and what you're going to do. This is an economic development podcast we like to close on sort of an interesting question. And so I kind of gave you a tee up in advance to ask you, um, what is probably one of the worst past jobs you've held? What made it terrible?
1: Yeah, I did actually. What I used to do, I borrowed this from former Senator and Governor Bob Graham, who used to do a job every month. Um, I would do a city job every month. And Mm. um, I made the mistake of going with our garbage collectors in the summer after a rainstorm when the garbage cans had water in them. And by the end of that shift, I almost passed out. And uh, in fact, I had a cameraman interviewing me. I said, I think I need to kneel down while we do this interview. And uh, that was tough. That gave me a new appreciation for how hard that job can be. At the end of that day, I was kind of dragging the garbage can to the back of the truck because I couldn't pick it up to carry it. But uh, that one was tough. (laughs) And I like outdoor jobs. I worked at the cement plant right near the, the studio. Where we're taping this and, and, uh, and love that. But uh, that, that's a tough job. Probably ought to pay him more.
0: <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for being with us here today. I just want to say on a personal note, for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting uh, John, He's the kind of guy who remembers everybody's name and always has a kind word for everybody, uh, regardless of rank or level, and I just think it says something really remarkable about you as a person.
1: Well, I appreciate that. You're special, Tina. I appreciate it.
0: So um, if you'd like to hear more from our guest, President Delaney will be joining two other retiring college presidents, Dr. Nat Glover of Edward Waters College and Dr. Cynthia Bioto of Florida State College of Jacksonville at our upcoming Jack's USA Luncheon on February 26th. For tickets, you can visit myjaxchamber.com. Jax USA enjoys bringing you interesting people and stories each month via this podcast, so remember to subscribe and share with those you know. I'm Tina Wirth, and you've been listening to The Jax Current.